Welcome to Mamlaka Hill Chapel Ruwaka's podcast. Join us as we explore the depths of sin in our new series on the seven deadly sins. We'll be exploring each one of them and with the help of the Holy Spirit, learn how we can be guarded against them. And here's today's message. For those who are visiting us for the first time, my name is Madenge Maina. And uh, today we want to delve yet again into another of our seven deadly sins that we have been considering for the last two weeks already. So we've talked about pride and envy. And you know by now, the second week, the third week, now you can start to tell whether people is serious in a So I don't know whether you've been feeling a bit unsettled, maybe uncomfortable. Uh, perhaps even feeling like you are targeted by some of the things that are said here. The intention is not to target anyone. In fact, I was telling one of our congregants who we met with this week that if I was to say something on stage and you feel like I am talking to you uh, as I preach, Aki, by the way, see, I'm not, I'm not targeting anyone. But God's word sometimes just speaks to us in a very direct way. And I hope that you will allow, as uh, Pastor David said, God's work to do, God's word to do God's work. Should it be to correct, to rebuke, to teach, to train in righteousness, whatever in that spectrum you find yourself, that you will let God's word do that. A note for those who are perhaps wondering, this obsession you guys have, Mamlaka, with sin, Grow to greater things of the Lord. Even Hebrew says, move from the elementary things of sin and confession. Is mavitu, you know, small, small things. Let's go to bigger things. Yeah? You know, of grace and power and authority and uh, sonship. The things that God has called us to. Uh, interrogate your heart a little bit. I'm tempted to think that maybe perhaps you have forgotten just how deceitful our hearts can be. And when we think that we have grown away from the issues of sin, and now we are uh, perhaps a bit more spiritual, more grounded, Paul will say, watch your feet that you may not fall. I plead with you to humbly accept the word of God, as the Bible says. I plead with you to abandon that confidence you have in your ability to stand. And as the Lord has given us all scripture, which is profitable for us, all scripture is God's breath, that Christ placed it there by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit for a purpose, and that for us and our faith. So we can't get to pick and choose what we will listen to. Today we talk about anger. (laughs) You know how this thing, brother, we get angry, man. Me, I get angry. I get angry. Sometimes I just uh, feel like I'm at night driving comfortably, uh, going slowly, having a song like this playing in the background. And then some guy just decides to put their full lights behind me. And my eyes become dim for a minute. And I wonder, for Christ's sake, 
hiyo full light tunaitumia kufanya nini i am in front of you if you you know sini mimi tu namulika ama full light ulaola wapi uko bali wapi kuingile ulaola and i get so furious sometimes anger is perhaps one of the most human of emotions we see it earliest in the child in the infant and the child when they are taken from their mom at the point of birth the first emotion that comes out of that child is anger and we expect them to be angry enough to cry and if they don't we inflict some pain for them to actually show us that they have the capacity to be angry if they don't have the capacity to be angry all of us are like hey wait things are bad anger comes that early anger goes all the way to our deathbeds and we find old men and women in the time of death their death going down with so much anger whether it's anger for their own perhaps things they wanted to do and regrets they have or if not anger for other people do you remember david telling solomon by the way, uh, before i die i want to make you king but a few conditions here kuna maadui wangu wenye nataka uende uniavinjie leads kina joab nani 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 and of course uh, solomon a few days later kills all of them but the guy is angry to the point of as in by the time he's dying he's dying angry she made the guy who embarrassed him uh, on the road somewhere hata huyo enda umalize anger pervasing all of human age think about the earliest scene we see in genesis the first family cain and abel we talked about that last week here anger cain so angry that he even kills his brother and i assure you at the very end of the age when the son of man comes if there is one emotion you expect you will see on that day is anger as they clench their fists before god and they look at him the bible talks about they gnash their teeth you know gnashing of teeth is not who has ever gnashed teeth here is is mm. you sometimes you think gnashing of teeth is pain oh i'm feeling so pain at omega you don't gnash your teeth in pain gnash your teeth in anger have you seen someone who is so angry it's almost like they are, they are trembling but their teeth are uh, gnashing that's the kind of reaction those who will be looking at god and saying how dare you send me to hell anger all of human age to never be angry is to be defective as i said and we all think we have an issue if you are not getting angry it is hardwired in our dna it is in there i would even go to the extent of saying it comes with the image of god the fact that you are created in the image of god you bear the capacity for anger think about uh, you coming home finding your child has been bullied in fact they have bro- a broken nose from school and saying ah oh ah my daughter joki ai sorry someone broke your nose pole mami it's okay you'll go back to school tomorrow maisha yendele imagine if it was your wife or your girlfriend 
who was accosted on Vicar Road. You remember that uh, scene when the Boda Boda guy is uh, dinner number on a lady there? Ah, and then she calls you and says, Aki, babe, you know, things have happened. Ah, you're like, ah, babe, Pole, it's a, it's a bit who happened. It's okay. Just leave them alone. Or your mother, sickly, has been rushed to hospital because she has an episode of her high blood pressure. Gets to hospital and uh, they refuse to admit her. She's forgotten her NHIF card. She's being told to go back home. And you call your mom and say, oh, oh, Lisa, oh, NHIF card. Uh, I'm so sorry, mommy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's okay. No, no. At those times you are invoked to anger. Something is stirred up in you that is, that invokes an emotion of anger and you, how dare they? That is what to be human is. If, if those are not the reactions that we get from you at such a time, look at you and you wonder, is, that, is something wrong with you? Did you understand the information I gave you just now? At the heart of anger is a response of love. You love something. And if that thing is either threatened or attacked, you are invoked to anger. We ought to get angry. God himself gets angry. The guy gets angry. Psalms chapter 7, verse 11, says that God is a righteous God who expresses anger every day. Like, okay, God, every day, the psalmist says. Exodus 32, verse 12, you know, all of this sin. So Moses and God are at the mountain. These guys decide to make a, a golden calf and they are worshipping it. And God says, well, you know, Moses, these guys are stiff-necked. Get out of my way that I may destroy them. I will start a new generation with you, Moses. What does Moses say? Oh, God, do not let them, the Egyptians say that you brought us here to finish us. Turn your fierce anger. Relent from your fierce anger. God is a God who exercises anger. Isaiah 5.25 Israel has sinned against God. And he says that God's anger against his sinful people, it is not turned away. And he says his arm is still appraised. You know, an arm appraised is almost someone, uh, someone ever gone to hit you and then they can smash you at any moment. That kind of attitude we see with God there. Jesus himself gets angry. A guy comes into the temple finds money lenders, says a den of thieves. You guys have made the temple of my father a den of thieves. Remove the whip. And you can almost see the traders running and he says, all of you out. Mark chapter 3 verse 5, the stubborn hearts of the Pharisees. He looks at them and says, should I heal this person? I know it is Sabbath. Should I heal? And then the Bible says he looks at them with indignation, angry at their stubborn hearts. And you guys can see. And you are standing in the way for the ones who really want to come. Angry at them. Did you feel anger when you heard the news about the young boy in Kisiland who was found with his eyes gorged up? Do you feel anger when you hear that there is 
child pornography being shot down here at Diani, Mombasa. Do you feel anger when you hear of sex trafficking all over the world? Or the murders and rapes and abuses and corruption that we see every day in the news? You don't feel anger. Something is wrong. But I did not come here to make you guys angry. <laughs> I, I, that's not my intention. And you might be asking me then, why are we talking about anger under the deadly sins? If at all God has actually put anger as an emotion that we should feel. Why does anger then come when it is talking about the deadly sins? So remember, we have what we call righteous anger and unrighteous anger. Righteous anger is kindled first for the right reasons. And secondly, it is resolved in the right way. But that is not simple. There is a way to have righteous anger. But we will not talk about that today. So that we can look at Jesus whipping people out of the temple and not attribute sinful anger on him. This is the reason why I think sin is, wrath is a deadly sin. Anger, your anger and mine are deadly sins. Because we human beings are mad with sin. Our anger is intertwined with sin. They are mixed in there. It's almost hard to tell which one is actually out of righteous indignation and which one is not. Why? Because our loves are broken loves. We have disoriented loves. We love what we shouldn't. And so we are invoked to anger by what should not invoke us to anger. So first, we love what we shouldn't love. That's one of the reasons why we must consider anger as a deadly sin. Secondly, we love how we shouldn't love. Both the why and the how inform how our anger, whether it is to be righteous or not. Let's start with the first one. We love what we shouldn't. You see, me and, uh, me and you, we have sort of unseated God from the throne of our hearts. Me and you have made ourselves gods in, in ourselves. The things that come as priorities or highest love for us is not God. We have our pleasures, we have our comforts, we have our convenience, we have our possessions, we have our desires, our reputation, our image, our ego, our ambition, our agendas, those things come top of the line when it comes to what we love. Those things top the line. These self-loves, when they are threatened, oh, they, they bring out of us rage. These gods that we have made of ourselves, when every, everyone and everything is not treating them with a kind of reverence, that we would have, we are invoked to anger. Our pride and our self-importance, when they are attacked, when they are threatened, oh, hell breaks loose. My friends, we will fiercely defend that which we love. Let me give you an example. I think I'm a bright guy. Some people here who might not agree, but uh, hey, I think... Uh, 
And one of the things I think that invokes anger in me is what we call kubebo ujinga. <laughs> you know how you may, you say someone is making a fool of you. And when we have Kiria, I don't think. <laughs> so, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. so you want to insult my intelligence. My friend, that I cannot see through all that uh, lies and manipulative uh, things you're trying to pull there. That hypocrisy you are pulling. You think I can't see through it? You are insulting my intelligence. No, I will get angry. Maybe that intelligence I think I have has become somewhat a god to me. But another example, you remember the deputy CJ, a judge, earlier, story that might have been forgotten. We came up with a slogan, uh, you, know, you should know people. Remember, you should know people. <laughs> You see, when our status, our power, our authority, our self-worth, when those things are not recognized, we are invoked to anger. When they are threatened, when someone shows no regard for the things that we think they should show regard to. Because they are idols, they, they are things that we love. Oh, how we come down on them in anger. Saul and David, from last week, remember Saul, the women are singing, <laughs> we were talking about uh, this with uh, Pastor David, was telling me how one of you followed him after the service, <laughs> perhaps angry. <laughs> Thank God we had not preached on anger, right? Wewe wachana wa mama. Wa mama wacho wa imbe wimbo zao, in peace. But the ladies have sung here, Saul! has slain his thousands. Ah, yes. Yes, Saul has slain that. And David, tens of thousands. You're almost like, uh-huh. What has that got to do with it? His status, his power, his influence, his fame. Now, my kingdom, he says, because he feels threatened. The things that he thinks are valuable to him are being threatened. And so he'll thrust a spear at David, if only to eradicate that kind of threat to the things he loves. Think about King Artaxerxes. Sorry, guys, I picked examples that have women to uh, come with. And Vashti comes. Nana Tumana. You know, a body dear Vashti. And Vashti says, I, what is that drunkard talking about? The end. Hey, my friend. Men, you know us with our kaigo. Hey, you, know, yeah. you know how we want to feel respected? To Kitana, you know, we go to Shago, I, I call and you are not uh, waking up to come and bring me chai. What do you mean? What do you want all these elders of the village to think? Yeah? I don't have uh, control over my home. <laughs> Vashti does that to, ki- to, uh, to the king. My goodness, the guy is uh, just outrightly mad. Ego, honor, status, reputation. All of them are being threatened by the actions of Vashti. 
rage. Think about Haman and Mordecai. Everyone is saying, Mukubwa, Mukubwa, hey, you know, yes. Hey, you know, And Haman is saying, yes, yes. Then comes Mordecai. He will not even bow. Perhaps even raises his head a little higher. Oh, what do you think? Who do you think you are? Mordecai, I'm a Jew. <laughs> hey, my friend. <sighs> anger. God comes to Cain in his anger and asks him, why are you angry? Why are you angry? God comes and finds Jonah. Why are you angry? Is it justified that you should be angry? We must interrogate the motivations for our anger. Don't just tell us, you, you know me, sometimes I lose it. You know, uh-uh. I have an anger issue. What do you mean? What is causing your anger? The motivation for your anger, you must be aware of it. If we don't, he says to Cain, sin is crouching at your door. And it will have you. I can tell you that. Our self-absorbed selves, serving our prideful hearts, will lead us to dishonoring God, will lead us to sin. So ask yourself the next time you are angry, why am I angry? So that's the first question. The motivations of our hearts towards anger. Secondly, we anger how we shouldn't. Not only do we anger because of things that should not lead us to anger, but we anger in a way that we shouldn't. The how of anger is equally important to God. Let's assume your motives are right. Let's assume everything that has led you to this kind of anger is justified. Yes, she lied about herself. Yes, he deceived me and took advantage of me. Yes, she manipulated me. Yes, he betrayed me. Yes, he cheated on me. Yes, she humiliated me. Yes, she insulted me. Yes, he assaulted me. All good reasons to get angry. How then must you resolve your anger? These things will invoke anger in you. How must you resolve your anger? God is interested in this. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 will tell us, Be angry, but do not sin. Psalms 4.4 In your anger... Do not sin. Anger is no excuse to sin. God is very interested in being honored at your time of anger. So careful. Careful the next time you are about to do something out of anger. James chapter 1 verse 19 will say, Anger does not produce the righteousness that God requires. This is, this is God's testimony about anger. That it will not... Re- Produce the righteousness that God requires. I'm not saying that there is no possibility of having righteous anger. But he's saying the bigger possibility is for your anger to lead you to unrighteousness and not righteousness. Psalms 37 verse 8. Refrain from anger. Turn away from your wrath. It leads only to evil. Only to evil. Some is taking, taking it a notch higher there. So proceed with caution when you are angry. Three ways 
I think, if we proceed, we lead ourselves to sin in our anger. So three ways that our anger will lead us to sin. First, if we get angry too fast. Secondly, if we get angry too much. Thirdly, if we get angry too long. Let's start with the first one. If you get angry too fast. These are the guys we call hot-tempered, ill-tempered, irritable, cranky. These guys are uh, just ticking time bombs, waiting for you to do something like this. Boom. Explode. Their anger is easily kindled. And I tell you that anger is completely destructive. You know, anger is the third listed reason for most of the murders in the world. For most of the murders, anger is that. First, we have money, of course. Yeah. Secondly, we have love. Again, expected. Thirdly, anger. What we call crimes of passion. That is the heat of the moment. Did something? Guy's dead. A word is said that cannot be taken back in a time of anger. An action is done that cannot be undone in a time of anger. And we live our lives full of regret. Let me ask you, are you easily angered? Okay. Today as you are coming to church, your child spilled coffee in the car. Uh-huh. Your nanny broke another plate. Wives, your husband forgot socks again. Upper took a living room. That's the, usually the best place to remove the socks. Like, <laughs> where else would you? Husbands? Yes. It's been 15. <laughs> it's been 15 minutes. You've been waiting in the parking. She's still doing something in the house. The toilet seat is uh, supposed to be down or up. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> and she's angry. The guys who are dating is late for that date. Are you easily triggered to anger? This anger that is easily kindled will incinerate marriages. This is the kind of anger that disintegrates families. It wounds the children. This anger divides churches and it will destroy your friendships. You probably have experienced this in one way or the other. There's a guy I love. I'm, uh, when I'm relaxing, I like, I, I, I like my movies. So there's a guy I love from Marvel called uh, The Hulk. Hey, you guys know the Hulk. Mm. And when the Hulk gets angry, <laughs> it's, coming, it's coming down on them, my friend. And the guy becomes green and big. And smash, smash, smash. Destroy, destroy, destroy. This is perhaps the most accurate image of what an easily 
angered person does. Smash, smash, smash. Destroy. And you will destroy everything around you. Then your life will be full of regrets right after. Anger, quick anger, will lead us to destruction, unrighteousness, evil, sin, and regret. On the contrary, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, love is patient. Love is not easily angered. God himself is not easily angered. What does Exodus 34 say? The Lord, the Lord. This is God introducing himself to Moses. Good and gracious God. Slow to anger. Joel will repeat the same and say, oh, God is slow to anger, abounding in compassion, and says he relents from sending calamity. Joel chapter, three, uh, chapter 2 verse 13. Relents from sending calamity. He's not quick to destroy us. If anything... He says that his patience is for our salvation. That we may turn away from our sins. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 says, Read yourselves off. Put away rage, anger, and the like. So first, getting angry too quickly. That is sinful. Secondly, when you get angry too much, these guys are the volcanoes. Blowovers. Violent explosives. Ooh. The anger is not even commensurate to the offense. Something small gets such a huge reaction. So the guy likes smacking on his gum. Or eats food and when he's chewing, you can hear him chewing. Is that now something to... You have accosted us for a whole hour during lunchtime, criticizing this guy. For a whole hour, surely talking about uh, someone smacking gum. Okay, it's okay that your, your husband did not compliment you in the morning when you were leaving. Now, three weeks out in the cold, surely, because of just compliment. Maybe he forgot your birthday. I, I, I. <laughs> now is that something to make you move back to your mother's house? <laughs> Surely. Oh, utanikujia ukunambuzi. Honestly, I don't think that's right. If you are unrecognized at work, should you honestly resign because at that project that you didn't give me a recognition, or your idea was shot down in the meeting? And now you have taken your full leave, 24 days, <laughs> to go and process. And some of us, especially men, when we are cut in traffic, ah, uh, no, that one does not go down easy. You follow them. <laughs> and you sit on the honk. You, you, you hoot until the whole world is like, what is happening? Do you, Jama, who you? You must learn. Even perhaps want to hit his bumper just so that you may get even somehow. In the Bible, we find the prodigal son's brother. 
A guy hears that the brother has come back and a goat has been slaughtered. Mm. Kula. I will, I'm so angry, I cannot even eat. Really, why? No one has ever given me a kakondo to eat. Surely. Sasa nyama ni kitu ya ukasirika hivi vyote. I want to starve yourself to death. There's an interesting story in Genesis chapter 34. Simeon and Levi. So these two guys come home. They are told that uh, your sister has been raped. Mm. Mm. My wife was actually convinced that I shouldn't uh, give this example. Because these guys, what they do, they say, okay, uh-huh, well, the guys, the guys come repentant. The father says, Aki, I'm so sorry for what my son did. Tell us what we live and we want to marry the girl. Tell us what to do. Oh, okay. So they go and conspire and say, okay, <clears throat> now, you know, since we don't marry uncircumcised people, or rather we don't even intermingle in terms of marriage with the people who are uncircumcised. So go and circumcise all your, male, uh, your males in the, in the village. And these guys are perhaps so repentant that they actually say, yes, ah, we'll do that. And what? Uh, they are circumcised. You would think that's enough punishment, surely, for a whole village to be punished. Nani, Levi and Simeon says that that day, when the pain was highest, they took their swords, they went and killed every male in that village. No, wait. I get that she was raped, and that is really bad. But really, killing a whole village, all the men... I think that's, a, that's being angry too much. Think about Jonah, whose reed that had been provided by God in the sun, like this. Yeah, this, by the way, you might understand what Weruiru was uh, more or saying. And then a worm comes and devours the thing. And Jonah says, I am angry enough to die. Why? Because a reed was uh, consumed by a worm. I think sometimes we can get angry too much. And let me tell you why we get angry too much. Perhaps because we want to take just a little more from the offender than they took from us. So yes, you took this much. This much. I want to take this much. There's a movie I like. Again, I told you today is a day of uh, knowing movies. In fact, if you want to please me, it's one of the things you can just buy me tickets and say, ah, Madange, uh, yeah, no. The movie is called John Wick. For those who have watched John Wick, so the guy has a dog and a car. The car is stolen and the dog is killed. Hey, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah, my goodness. Things are, about, things are going down. The guy kills like a thousand people because of his dog and his car. <clears throat> So at the end of the scene, he's walking away, almost feeling, uh, yeah. And all of you are enjoying the movie and saying, hey, yeah, yeah, this guy. Maybe the reason we enjoy such a movie is because it resonates with our hearts. You want that vengeance. You want to go just a little further than the offender took from you. Oh, they took a dog and I'm going to kill them all. Hmm. Matthew chapter 5, verse 22. 
Jesus equates anger to murder. First John chapter 3, verse 15. If you hate your brother, you are a murderer. You got angry at him, hated him, you are a murderer. Galatians 5.19 says, Everyone who practices hatred, rage, wrath, hostility, violence, discord, fits of rage, dissensions, functions, none of them will inherit the kingdom of God. So don't think it's just an anger issue you have. You will lose out on eternal life because of that anger that you carry with you. So we were saying first, angry too fast. Secondly, angry too much. Thirdly, angry too long. These guys are called the icebergs. <laughs> yeah, they look composed out here. But man, have they carried a lot down there. Bitter people. They are the grudge holders. The ones who like to stew in it. Stewing over anger hopes to increase or prolong the agony of the offender. Ah! Nataka kwanza afi. Ah! Notikona. Atutongea. Ah! Don't bring it up. I will tell you when to bring it up. So you just stay, wait until I am ready. I'm not ready. Yeah. Two months later, you are still not ready. Just, just want to take out of it, just perhaps wound them a little longer. We reckon that if we forgive too fast, that maybe this guy will not take me seriously. If I forgive too much, too fast, am I not entertaining bad behavior? See, this is, uh, they'll think they can get away with it easy. They perhaps consider us to be weak or soft. Ah, let me think about it. Or maybe they'll take advantage of us. So we hold on to the forgiveness until a time when we think they have suffered a little bit enough. Stewing gives us control over the offender. But behind it is really a desire for vengeance, for retribution. You want to get even. That's why you are holding on to that anger. You want to get even. At the end, stewing of our anger brings around gossip, meanness, withdrawal, passive aggression, judgmentalism, sarcasm, grumbling, complaining, manipulation. Those are all children of stewing of our anger. One last movie, one last movie. This is an earlier one. It's called the law-abiding citizen. Law-abiding citizen. You would think, oh, what's, what, what's there with a law-abiding citizen? Like, those are the most boring people in the world. My friend, this guy takes 10 years to plan vengeance. 10 good years. And everyone will actually pay for what they did to me, for the wrong done. And there is a, you know those movies usually have a dramatic cry. When some guy says, looks up to the sky, and then the camera zoom out, 
And then because even the birds of the air are afraid of him, you can see birds flying away. You know, like everyone is afraid of that rage. God does not stew in anger. Psalms 30 verse 5. God's anger is for a moment, but his favor lies the lifetime. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 7. He says, for a brief moment, I forsook you, but with great compassion, I will bring you back. For a moment, I hid my face from you, but with everlasting kindness, I will have, I will have compassion. God is not a brewer. No, 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 who sits there in anger. God's will for us is to resolve our anger quickly. Jesus, perhaps the most, arguably the, most, the one who was most justified in anger. A few hours later, we see him at the cross saying, Forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they are doing. And you are thinking, you know, they've just spat on you like a minute ago. They have, some of them have not even finished mocking you as you're speaking. And he's already forgiven them. Me and you have no excuse to hold on to our anger, honestly. 1 Corinthians 13, love does not keep a record of wrongs. We must get rid of our anger. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26. Do not let the sun go down when you are still angry. Why? Because in so doing you will give the devil a foothold. Stewing in anger is the perfect brooding ground for every other kind of sin. Run away. Do not give the devil a foothold. So what must we do then? I have six things that we must do. Some of the which I've already talked about first. Interrogate the why you are angry. Every time you are angry, first question, why am I angry? Pause for a second. Ask yourself, why am I angry? What is that I love so much here? What is being threatened here? What is so important to me here? And perhaps even pray to God the prayer of Psalm 139 verse 23. Search me, O Lord. If you find any offensive way, lead me in the way everlasting. Secondly, be grieved by your unjustified anger. Like, be grieved by it. If you find out that you are angry for the wrong reason, go make business with God. If it is pride, if it is envy, it is greed, it is idols, if it is your selfishness that have made you angry, go make, go make business with God. Secondly, if you find out that your anger at the end of the day hurt someone or offended someone or in your anger you said something that actually led to the heart of someone else, be humble enough to go and apologize to them. You know, sometimes we have this macho thing that goes on where we feel like we'll be, I don't know, like die if we were to go and say, I'm sorry that in my anger I did something that was hurtful to you. Especially when it comes to our children who we think, ah. So yes, you are in the supermarket, they wanted something, you are so angry because of other things, uh, you punish them wrongly. 
or you gave them silent treatment, then God comes and finds you and says, okay, why are you angry? And you realize it's just because they were inconvenient. But you are not humble enough to go down to their level and say, Mommy, I'm sorry. Sorry that in my anger, XYZ. Thirdly, so first, interrogate why. Secondly, be grieved by your anger. Thirdly, lower your expectations of this broken world. Some of you think that the world here is to serve you. They know your needs. The whole world is supposed just to make things go well for you. This world is broken, my friend. Stop holding on to, to anger. Oh, every small thing is ticking you off. People are not even out to get you. The guy who is chomying me with their lights behind me is perhaps even unconscious that uh, I am suffering this much. They should be. I'm not saying they shouldn't be, but <laughs> probably they don't even know. Let go of offenses easily. People will hurt you, even unintentionally. You must restrain yourself. Restrain yourself from those outbursts. You can take a second before you reply. Kenyans on Twitter, well, I know you have an opinion, but you must not say it. You can hold on to it. Your anger and your lashing on everything that happens is not needful. Restrain yourself. If it is that email that you've received from a colleague and you feel like you need to answer it now and put them in their place, Oh, sleep on it. Send it after two hours. I don't think anything is going to happen. Oh, just walk away. If, if your husband or wife is starting to say things that are making you... Just walk away. Go, you will come back to say, sorry, I walked away. More than sorry, I spoke in anger. Fourthly, forgive because you have also been forgiven. You are not perfect either. So some of us have an, an inflated view of ourselves. You're not perfect either. You have been forgiven by God. And what, what does Christ say in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14? If you do not forgive, even you, your Father in heaven, will not forgive you. So forgive because you have been forgiven. Or at least try. I know it is hard, but you can try. Fifthly, follow the example of Christ. First Peter chapter 2, verse 23 will say, When Christ was insulted, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he did not make threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to God who judged justly. You can forgive. I can imagine you have the ability to. You can let go of that offense. You can entrust yourself to a just God, a just and righteous God, who is able to avenge you rightly. He will not be unjust. He will not be kind to you. He sees it. He knows the bigger picture of things. 
he will do it right. He will do right by you. So, pull back from this desire to avenge yourself. Follow the example of Christ as he has set for us. That though he was wronged, insulted, he did not retaliate, and he had the power to, by the way. Though he suffered, he did not make threats. And by the way, Jesus, threats are not just threats. They actually come to pass. But he didn't threaten. You and I can, can do this as well. And finally, there is grace for you who is angry. I know some of you are angry. Maybe it is something that happened years ago. Maybe your brother hurt you. Your husband hurt you. Your first husband hurt you. Your boyfriend in Campo hurt you. Your mom hurt you. There is grace for the angry. God has received the wrath of uh, Christ has received the wrath of God on our behalf. First for our sins. We who are angry people and in so doing sin during our anger. God has poured out the wrath that is due us on Christ. But secondly, he is able to teach us forgiveness. He who freely forgives has given us an assurance, Romans chapter 6 verse 14, that sin will not have mastery over you. That he actually knows that we are capable of getting over anger and he has made a way for us to do that. Sin will not have mastery over you, he says. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And when you are tempted, even tempted by anger or unto anger, he says, God will not let you fall. He says, you will not be tempted beyond your abilities. And even if you should be tempted beyond your abilities, he will always provide a way out for you. So stop thinking that this is something you can't overcome. There is grace for you and I, both to overcome and to forgive. Amen.